Hi, I'm Troy and this is Kristen and we're so grateful that you're joining us today at Christ Community Church for a, a fantastic day of worship. Definitely, and we are so excited. Pastor Daryl is starting a brand new series today called Characters, where we're gonna focus on how God uses some ordinary people like Rebecca, Joshua, and Gideon, and how they answer his calling. At Christ Community Church, our uh, mission is to restore our broken world through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, one great way to live that out is uh, giving. Definitely, and there's a couple ways you can do that today. If you're here with us in person, go ahead and drop your offering off in one of the boxes at the back of the auditorium. And if you're online, you can click Give on your screen. Again, we just appreciate all of your continued generosity. And last but not least, social media. Christ Community Church has a presence on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us at CCC Rochester. Um, out there, you can find things that have, are going on throughout the week, um, some short clips of the sermon from the weekend, uh, all kinds of great information, great videos, and uh, different things to keep you in the know as to what's going on at the church. Definitely, and thank you for joining us online and in person today, CCC family. Now let's just take some time to prepare our heart for a time of worship. Hey, church, we'll stand to our feet as we give our God praise today. With this heart open wide from the depths, from the heights, I will bring a sacrifice. With these hands lifted high, hear my song, hear my cry. I will bring a sacrifice. I will bring a sacrifice. I lay down. I lay me down. I'm not my own. I belong to you. Take this life and let it shine. Take this life and let it shine. joy. It will be my joy to say your will, your way. It will be my joy to say your will, your way. It will be my joy to say your will, your way, always. All right, let's sing that together again. It will be my joy. It will be my joy to say your will, your way. It will be my joy to say your will, your way. It will be my joy to say your will, 
Praise our God today. Oh, 
that lay it down once and for all. And we want to know how to step into your truth, into your word with faith and with trust, letting go of the things of our past and looking forward to the things of you. Help us to be people that hear your voice and follow it and rest in the comfort that you have everything sorted out before we even stepped into it. 
God, we just lift that to you in this place tonight. And we want you to take whatever we brought into this place, as far as the east is from the west, remove it so that all we see is you clearly for who you are and for what you've done. And thank you that you are a God that can do that for us. In your precious name we pray. Amen. You can go ahead and take a seat. Hey, Christ community, how you doing? Everybody good? Good to see you. Hey, would you guys who are here in person greet our online church? Just let them know we're glad they're there and happy to be with them. It's really good to see you all. Um, you know, happy weekend. We made it through the week. Happy allergy season. Just, I know you're not happy about it either, so um, if you fall asleep this weekend, I'm just gonna assume it's the Benadryl. Um, that's, like, that's how that goes around our house. Uh, this, is, this is a really cool weekend for us as a church. We're gonna be commissioning our missions teams today, and so um, I'm glad that you're here and that you're part of this online as well. So we have two trips that are going out this year, and um, so what we're gonna do is, some of them are in the room, some of the people who are participating are in the room, and uh, I'm gonna introduce both trips, and then I'll ask those who are here in the room to stand, and then we'll pray for them, all right? So we'll do that together, and they'll have pictures on the screen. So. And we have a team going out next weekend. Our students leave next weekend, June 19th. 31 students and five leaders. Five courageous leaders. <laughs> they are uh, they're going down to Far, Texas. P-H-A-R-R. You live in Far, Texas. So y'all have a place to stay now. We were wondering how that was gonna work out. So there's only 36 of them coming. So they'll be at your house next. <laughs> so um, it's P-H-A-R-R, it's named after a person, a family, not F-A-R, because it's so far away from everything. But it really is, it's like 24 hours in vans for our students down there. They're gonna be working with a local church that's recently bought an old building and they're gonna be renovating, help renovate that building and um, working with that church there. And really what they're doing is kind of a short-term ministry to help equip the long-term, ongoing long-term ministry of a church there in town. And so we're really excited for them and we're really grateful that you guys are going and we're excited to be sending you and praying over them as well. So that's our, that's our first team going out. And then our second team, is going to Sisseton, South Dakota in July 27th through August 1st. Um, 31 people will be going on that trip. And this is a trip that CCC has been taking for a number of years in a row. And so um, they're going again to, to serve with Dakota Alliance Church as part of our Christian Missionary Alliance denomination. And um, they'll be doing a VBS for kids in the neighborhoods and they will be ministering to and with our brothers and sisters in Christ, and they have a lot of evening time, fun time, relationship building time, and so um, now there's just a good outpouring of what God has given to us and blessed us with, and it's a chance to go build relationships and to give to the people who they'll be serving and who will be serving with. And so, again, we're really thankful that we get to go on trips this summer, for one, and really thankful for these people who've said yes, this great opportunity that God has given to them to go, and church, we get to send them, and so um, I'm really thankful that this is part of who we are and part of what we're doing. So if you're in the room, and you're going on one of these two trips, would you please stand up? Really glad to have you guys. Thank you for being part of this. Thank you for coming in person. So um, I get to voice our prayer. And I, somebody said you should hand this off. I'm, I don't wanna hand this off. I wanna get to, I'm gonna be selfish here for a minute to, to pray over our people who are going on these trips. So will you guys bow your head, close your eyes with me, and um, just join me in this prayer over our people who are going on trips this summer. So Lord Jesus, we, just, we say that you are worth it. You are, you are worth the sacrifice that every person who's going on a trip or who is sending them is making for this to happen. You're worth the time, the energy, the investment. You are, you are worthy of being talked about and lifted up in Sisseton, in far, in every place in between. 
all around this globe, um, you are worthy of being worshiped by people from every tribe, nation, and tongue, and it is our great privilege to be able to participate in, in helping more and more people become worshipers of you. You are, you are worth the sacrifice that families are making as they're sending people they love and that they rely on from day to day on these trips. Um, you're worth all of it. And so, so missions is for us an act of worship. We honor you and we praise you. And um, it is our, our joy to be able to send these teams. I pray for those who are going. I pray that you would draw them near this next week, over these next few weeks before they go. I pray that they would, that they would lean into you, that they would hear from you, that you would communicate with them, that you would be clear with them of your love and of, of your equipping for what they're gonna face. I pray that you would stir their faith, that you would gift that to them that they would receive what you wanna give them, that um, they would not be worried about what's gonna happen or all this is gonna go down, but they would, they would know that you've got them covered and that this would be a growth experience and outpouring of your love for them and through them. And I pray for their families. We have moms and dads who are sending kids a long ways away and I know that stirs some anxiety and. We've got um, families who, kids will be sending moms and dads on trips, and this, there's a lot that happens at home for those of us who stay, and so I pray over all of that, and again, Lord Jesus, you're worth this. And so I pray that that would be the, just our overwhelming response and desire to these things, that, um, that we would declare your worth among the nations to our neighbors, near and far, and um, we know they travel with your blessing. We know that they're, you've called them to this, so you're gonna, you're gonna give them what they need. You're gonna put it in them and you're gonna pull it out of them. So we trust you in all of this. Thank you for being a good father to us, Lord God, and um, thank you for fathering all of us through this. And so we're really excited to send mission teams out this summer, thank you. And we pray these things, Jesus, in your name, amen. All right, so I know some of you students are not sticking around, so you guys who are not sticking around, you can head out that door, and then the rest of you that are standing, you can have a seat. And can we um, say thank you to them for representing us in these places? So I'm really excited uh, for this weekend for a number of reasons. That's one of them, the mission trip stuff is, um, I'm, I'm just really jazzed about that. I'm also really excited about this new series that we're starting this weekend. We're calling it Characters. We're gonna spend a few weeks talking about um, God and his faithfulness, how he makes himself known, and um, how he generates trust in us for him through circumstances, through the lives of regular people. And these people happen to be in the Old Testament of the Bible, and so I'm, I'm really excited to, to do this. I love these character studies personally, and so I love getting to share them. We're gonna talk today, and this fits with this commissioning, we're gonna talk today about this, um, this lady named Rebecca. And uh, she, is this, she is this generous, courageous, adventurous woman who becomes convinced enough that God is in this opportunity for her. And it is fuzzy opportunity, there's not a lot of specific in it, there's not, there's not a lot to know, there's not definition, there's not an outline, there's not bullet points, but there's this opportunity that gets presented to her and she's just convinced enough that God is in it that she says this great big yes to it. And it's this, this great big yes, this being convinced that God's in this, and this great big yes that she says, what she discovers, and this is what we're gonna learn together, and if I could summarize this whole thing for you in just a sentence, what she learns and what we're gonna learn today is that, that God always meets our faith with his faithfulness. God always meets our faith with his faithfulness. And we're gonna discover all this as we walk through Rebecca's life, the first part of Rebecca's life. It's in Genesis chapter 24. If you wanna follow along in your Bible with me, what I'm gonna do, because we don't have time to read Genesis 24, all of it together, so I've, I've kind of picked a few of the verses that help tell the story. I'll summarize some things in, in the middle to kind of help move us through, but I wanna take you through this story, this really, this amazing little chunk of her life, and then I've got some lessons for us, and then we'll just kind of wrap it all up with prayer time and time of worship, all right? So Genesis chapter 24, 
background of all this is creator God. So Genesis is the first book of the Bible, creator God, Genesis chapter one through Genesis chapter 11. He shows up and speaks to this guy named Abraham, Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12 starts with God saying to Abraham, if you'll go to this place that I will show you, so you start moving that way and I'll show you while you're on the way. So if you'll go to this place that I will show you, then I will give this land to you. I will give, I will make a nation will come from you. You and your wife, a nation is gonna come from you and through you, through this nation, all the nations of the earth are gonna be blessed. So, so God gives Abraham this opportunity and he says yes to it and he begins to go to this place that God shows him and he arrives there and the rest of Genesis, after Abraham starts on that journey in Genesis chapter 12, the rest of Genesis is about, there are, there are circumstantial challenges to this promise that God has made. And so if we're paying attention as we read through the story, the rest of Genesis, we're saying, now wait a minute, how is God gonna prove himself faithful in this circumstance? How's God going to prove himself faithful in this circumstance? And so as we make it to Genesis chapter 24, we're gonna talk about this lady, Rebecca, we're gonna talk about today. So Abraham and Sarah received the promise from God. Sarah has already died of old age. And Abraham is an old, old man. And so we're now staring at, okay, Abraham and Sarah are, they're exiting the scene. There's a new generation of leadership that has to emerge for this family through whom God is going to bless the nations. But the family right now is Abraham and Isaac, their son. So Isaac needs a wife. Abraham knows that, and more than that, God knows that, but Isaac doesn't just need any wife, he needs, he needs a wife who will be all in on this, this call that God has placed on Abraham and on his family. He needs a wife who will say a great big yes to what God has for them, even though it's not defined. So Genesis chapter 24, Abraham is, he knows his son needs a wife, and so he's speaking to his servant, this is Genesis 24, verse four, and he says to his servant, because Abraham's too old to travel now, he says, go to my country and my own relatives and get a wife for my son Isaac. And this is important because Abraham and his family, in order for them to remain in the stream of God's blessing, they need to remain in the land. And they need to, they need to, be people through whom God can minister his blessing to the people around. And so the land where they live is populated with people who worship, and they don't worship the creator God, they actually worship pagan gods, and so there has to be, like they, Isaac needs a wife who is from the people of Abraham who will worship the Lord God. And so the servant, Abraham says, go to my people, my relatives, get a wife for my son. The servant replies, what if the woman is unwilling to come back with me to this land, because she's not from there. She's from where she's living now, and her family is where she's living now, so what if she isn't willing to come back? And so Abraham has an answer for that. He says, if the woman is unwilling to come back with you, then you'll be released from this oath of mine. So if she won't come back, she won't come back. So after this little conversation, servant sets out on a journey, and he travels it's about 700 miles along the trade route from where Abraham was living back to where Abraham's family was. So this is not a short trip. 700 miles on the back of a camel, no less. And so he's got this long journey in front of him and as he comes to this place called Beersheba, verse 12, Genesis chapter 24, he, he voices this prayer, he says, Lord, God of my master Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I'm standing beside this spring and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a young woman, please let down your jar that I may have a drink, and she says, drink, and I'll water your camels too, let her be the one that you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this, I will know that you've shown kindness to my master. 
Before he had finished praying, <laughs> Rebecca came out. A little summary, so guess what? He asked her for a drink. And she said, yeah, you can have a drink and let me water your camels too. So she's carrying this jar that holds probably two to three gallons of water. And we read in here that she was actually, she wasn't just at a well where she was dipping, but she actually had to go down into the well. So she is, she is going up and down the stairs into this well, carrying two to three gallons at a time, giving the servant his drink. And then we know from the story, he's got 10 camels with him. So she, two to three gallons at a time, waters 10 camels that have traveled 700 miles. So this little episode here took a little while. And then when she finally finished, the servant asked her about herself. And guess what? She's from Abraham's family. Like of all the people that he could have run into at the well, she's from Abraham's family. And so he offers this really sweet little prayer of thanksgiving to the Lord. And then she invites him to come to the family because she realized, like he tells her, hey, I'm from Abraham's family over this way. And so she's super excited and she invites him to come and meet her family. And then when he meets her family, he tells them the entire story in detail again. So if you're gonna read through Genesis chapter 24, you're gonna read what happens, kind of the story I've just told you, and then the servant is standing in front of Rebecca's family, and you're gonna read the whole story again. And the reason for all of that is because he's showing them how the Lord is in this. And so he, said, he tells the whole story to him. He says, hey, and I prayed, and I was asking God for this, and Rebecca comes out, and she's from your family, and she did this for the camels, and so, I'm reading this as a 21st century American dad of daughters. All my red flags are just waving, right? I mean, like if you're, if you're following me in the story right now, what, what, you're some, we've never met you before and you came all this way and you're here to tell us you think, you think my daughter is the wife for 700 because she watered your camels? I just raised her that way, that, this isn't, and, and so, that's my 21st century Americanized. So this is not happening in 21st century United States. This is happening in like 2,000 years before Jesus in the ancient Near East. This is not as strange in their culture. So their red flags aren't waving, but their yellow flags are waving as they listen to this, all right? So they're listening to this story and they're listening to how like, he started his journey and the prayer and all those things. And, and at the end of him telling his story, the family, Rebecca's family, comes to the same conclusion that the servant had. So this is Laban, her big brother, and Bethuel, her father, who are speaking these words. They said, this is from the Lord. Like, we can't say anything to you one way or the other. Here's Rebecca. Take her and go and let her become the wife of your master's son as the Lord has directed. So he just... 700 miles on the back of a camel, rolls into town, watches Rebecca water his camels, goes to the house and says, hey, she's supposed to marry Isaac 700 miles away with Abraham. And they hear the whole story and they're like, yeah, she's supposed to do that. And so then there's gift giving and there's a celebration dinner and all that was culturally appropriate and they all went to bed. And then the next morning, so the very next morning, servant wakes up and says, all right, let's go. And the family begins to tap the brakes a little bit. It's like, uh, wait a minute, um, today? You're, you're thinking today. No, how about, how about if you hang here for 10 days? Hang here for 10 days and then you guys can go. And what in that culture, that hospitality culture, that 10 days was gonna become 12 and then it's gonna be 15 and who knows how long it's gonna go on. So the servant, verse 56, the servant says this. He says, don't detain me. Now if the Lord has granted me success in my journey, don't detain me, send me on my way so that I can go to my master. And they're kind of at this, they're stuck in this place where, where he said, we gotta go today, we gotta go now. And they're like, hey, you need to hang around for a little bit and let's kinda, let's do the hospitality thing that is from both of our cultures. And so, so they have this really interesting way of settling it. Let's ask Rebecca what she wants. So verse 57, 58, they said, let's call the young woman and ask her about it. So they called Rebecca and they asked her, will you go with this man? Ooh. 
Okay, so yesterday was cool, right? I mean, like, she's out, she's getting water, she meets this guy, she hears this amazing story, gifts, celebration, all the thing. Now she's had a chance to sleep on it. Today, will you go with this guy? Well, she's probably, I mean, she's gotta have questions, right? He said, where is it we're going again? Well, it's like 700 miles away. Okay, so who's this Isaac guy? What's he like? Um, culture was polygamous that she was in and that Abraham was in. What wife am I gonna be? Am I his first wife? Am I fourth wife? What, does, does he treat him well? All these questions and there's, there's yesterday was great. We got caught up in the excitement. Today, I, I don't know. And so, will I be safe? Will I be cared for? And I think this has gotta be the question right at her heart. Will I be loved? Will I be safe? Will I be cared for? Will I be loved? All these different things. And, and she just says, she says this. She says, I will go. With all, with all the fuzziness of this whole thing, I will go. And we're reading this in English, and it was first spoken, it was recorded in ancient Hebrew, and one of the scholars that I read talking about this passage, he says, but maybe we should read this, these, these words here is expressing a strong desire, not just not just like, hey, I'll go, but I wanna go. I'm ready to go. And, and so here she is, this young woman with this opportunity in front of her, and she's just convinced enough that the Lord's in it, and she just says, I wanna go do that. I, I wanna go, I'll go with him, I wanna go with him. So I just wanna, I, there's one more thing I wanna show you before we're done, but I wanna stop right here, and I, just, I wanna point out a few things that have been really, I don't know, encouraging to me as I've spent some time in this little story. And um, I'm gonna give you four things before we wrap it all up. And so the first thing here is um, I love how this servant expected God to answer his prayer. And when he, when he rolls into town and he prays this prayer about, Lord, I need your help. I gotta figure out who this, I gotta find the right girl. I don't know anybody in this town. And I just love he was bold, he was specific, and he was watching out for the Lord to answer his prayer. Like he was, he expected God to answer his prayer. And the reason that this is just kind of jumping out at me is over the course of my Christian life, I've prayed a lot of prayers that if you would have stopped me in the middle, if you'd just stop, if you'd stop me in the middle and you'd have said, hey, do you really believe that God's gonna answer that prayer? I would have had to say no, right? We're just, we're just praying, because we're supposed to pray, but do you really believe that God's gonna answer that prayer? I'd have had to say no, and, and so I, I've been growing in this for the last five or six years, and I don't know, just kind of gets me excited to read and to hear people praying like they actually expect God to answer the prayer that they're praying, and this servant, when he says, Lord, I mean, he, just, he tell, Lord, you see I'm standing here? Like I'm standing here in this place and this is what I need you to do for me. And then he watched and waited and expected God to answer his prayer. And that just, like, he just, he prayed with a sense of expectancy. And I, that, that's really helpful for me. The second thing, I love the energy and the urgency that runs through this story. There, there is this, the Lord is in this, let's go. Like there's just that vibe running through this whole story. The Lord is in this, let's go. And it really is coming from this servant who isn't named here, but we're pretty sure he's this guy named Eleazar who is the chief servant of Abraham's house. And Eleazar, he's not a kid. This is not like youthful naivety. This is, this is a grown man with grown-up responsibilities energy and urgency in obedience to what the Lord has for him, for his master, for this family that he gets to be part of and that he gets to serve. He's, he's got this, I'm like that's, that's driving this, all right, today is the day, let's go. He's, he wants to be obedient and there's this sense of urgency about it and there's this, I, he strikes me, you ever know one of those, because he's probably, I mean, he's an old guy in this story. He was, 
He would have been 50 years old probably when Abraham first came on the scene. So I mean, we're talking about a guy who's probably pushing 100 years old at a time when people lived to about 125 or 150. So he's an old guy. And I just, I just kind of picture him as, as small and a little bit bent over, but having so much energy, like it just doesn't all stay inside of him. Have you ever met like an older person that just has all this energy inside of him? This is this guy, he's got this, this energy and this urgency about him, but it's, it's about obedience to the Lord. He reminds me, how many of you have, have seen or read like the, the Chronicles of Narnia? You know that series? Okay, if you, if you haven't seen the movies or read the books, you should. It's, it's really good, C.S. Lewis work. So one of my favorite characters in all of that is, it's a talking mouse <laughs> named Mickey, not Mickey. Um, I know, I'm just kidding. His name's Reepicheep. There's this talking mouse named Reepicheep, and he, this is what this servant Eliezer, this is who he reminds me of, and there's this scene in The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, which is one of the books, one of the movies, and um, Reepicheep is always heading east towards Aslan's land, like that's his that's his goal, is to get towards Aslan's land, and he makes this statement. This is one of the reasons I love him. He has this great desire, this urgency, this. He says, while I can, I sail east in the Dawn Treader, which is the, which is the, the ship, I'm trying to get east, trying to get to Aslan's land. While I can, I sail east in the Dawn Treader. When she fails me, I paddle east in my lifeboat. When she sinks, I shall swim east with my four paws. When I can swim no longer, if I've not reached Aslan's country or shot over the edge of the world in some vast cataract, I shall sink with my nose to the sunrise. Man, here he is, this, this, this servant. I am going, I am going 700 miles and I am going to find her. And when I find her, I am going to bring her back because the Lord is in this. Or I'm gonna die trying. You know, and there's just this sense of this just energetic and urgent obedience that makes its way through this, going this way, I'm just going this way, I'm going this way. Third thing that I love about this, challenges our comfort zone. I don't know who said this first, but it's really true, nothing good happens in your comfort zone. And I say that as a guy who loves comfort probably more than anybody else in this church. I, I like the temperature to be just right. I like my bed to be soft. I like my food to be good. If you listen to Marie and I, we have a little statement in our house. Whenever anything's off a little bit, I will say, hey, life's too short to live with. You know, it's just like, I, I am a comfort zone guy. But if you're committed to your comfort zone, nothing spiritually good, nothing spiritually valuable happens in your comfort zone. Abraham, the guy who starts this whole conversation in Genesis 12, he's, he's referred to, he's the father of our faith. He's the father of people of faith. If you're a person of faith in the creator God and his son Jesus, Abraham is your spiritual father. And, and his first step of faith was God saying, hey, if you'll go to this place that I'm gonna show you, I want you to walk away from your family, from your town from your like from all that you know and all that you hold dear I want you to walk away from all of that and I want you to just go to this place that I'm going to show you and if his comfort zone had been important to him he would have said no in that moment and then God would have done something he would have done it through somebody else but because Abraham said no to his comfort zone and yes to this amazing opportunity that God offered him like he is he's the father of our faith and so so I love the no to the comfort zone. Rebecca, in this, in this she's, Rebecca says, she, she says, I mean, she, all she knew, her family, her friends, all those people, where she'd spent her whole life was right here in this little Beersheba town. And, and the guy shows up and the Lord's in this and so she's, she's out of there. It's amazing. And I, I just, I love how we get called out of our comfort zone to exercise faith in our good heavenly father, in Jesus Christ, our savior, and just to be people who say yes to what we're called to and no to what we're comfortable with. And, and so, so this, this story is, a, is about saying no to the comfort zone. And then here's the fourth thing. And this is, this is um, for those of us who have kiddos, 
This challenges my desires that I have for my kids. My kids are kinda in this stage of life that Rebecca was in. Some are a little older. Some of your kids are younger. Just think about, you know, what are the dreams and desires we have for our kids? We want them to get out of college, we want them to meet somebody, we want them to have a good job, we want them to get financially stable, we want them to have grandkids for us, we want them to, you know what, you know what we dream about for our kids? We dream that they have a nice, well-rounded, comfortable life. You know what happens in their comfort zone? Nothing good, right? What's true for us, true for them. And as, as I read those words that Bethuel and particularly the dad and Laban, the big brother, who's may have been old enough to be her dad, man, this is from the Lord. She should go 700 miles away. We'll, we'll not see her again, but this is from the Lord. She should go to marry some guy that we haven't met and we really don't have any more definition than she does, but this is from the Lord. She should go. And I don't know how you are with your kids, but I know how I was and am with mine. My first questions are connected to, well, is this safe? Is this, is, is this what we expect? Is this gonna keep them on that path towards soft and easy and comfortable, a nice life? Or is the Lord in this? You know, and so, and so I, get, I get challenged by this story of, is the Lord in this for my kids? Not, I think what, what we, tend to, we tend to desire for our kids, we don't desire enough for them. If, you're, if your desire for your, if you desire for them is comfort zone, then that's too little. God has way more and way better for them. It's just gonna challenge your ability as a parent to trust him with them and whatever he has for them as their next steps. And so, so I read through this story and I'm really challenged by what I want for my kids. So all that, so let me take you back how this story finishes up. This is verses 61 through 67. So I wanna go. So Rebecca and her attendants got ready they mounted the camels, because, I mean, you know, you gotta, you gotta ride your camel back. And they went back with the man. So the servant took Rebekah and left. Now, Isaac had come from Be'er Lahai Roy, for he was living in the southern part of the desert. That's what the Negev is right there. And so he went out to the field one evening to meditate, and as he looked up, he saw camels approaching. So Rebecca also looked up and saw Isaac. She got down from her camel, asked the servant, who's that man in the field coming to meet us? He's my master, the servant answered. So she took her veil and covered herself. And then the servant told Isaac all he had done. Now the servant, servant keeps telling this story. <laughs> keeps telling stories, telling stories so that, so that everybody who's depending on this story knows that the Lord is in this. The Lord is in this. So the servant tells Isaac all he had done. So Isaac brought Rebekah into the tent of his mother Sarah and he married Rebekah. So she became his wife and he loved her. He loved her. So so two things, two pieces of God's faithfulness going on in this last little section here. The first is God's chosen people, Abraham and Sarah, we're at the end of the first generation. Second generation is now taking over and Isaac doesn't have a wife and so God provides a wife for Isaac. So God's faithfulness to these people in that moment of how's this family gonna go forward when there's nobody here who is qualified to be the matriarch of this family of people who have this radical faith in God. There's nobody here, and so God provides, in his faithfulness, he provides Rebecca, who has this, this level of confidence in God that is necessary to be the mother of these people of the Lord God. So God is faithful to his people in general, and God is faithful to Rebecca. Because he didn't, he didn't bring her from 
700 miles away to be the third wife to a mean guy who's gonna spend his time ignoring her. He brought her to Isaac who married her and who loved her. And I am amazed at who God makes himself known, how he makes himself known, who he reveals himself to be. What, what Rebecca got to experience in all of this is God meeting her faith with his faithfulness. Her, the opportunity was fuzzy. There wasn't any definition to it. The opportunity was, hey, go with this guy that far to be the wife of this other guy. It was fuzzy, but she was convinced that the Lord was in it, and she said yes to it. And she didn't say yes to the opportunity as much as she said yes to the Lord. Those are two different things. She said, she said yes to the Lord and got to walk in this opportunity and God met her faith with his faithfulness. Not only is she the matriarch of this people of God, she is married to this guy who loves her. So, so I'm gonna say this again, God always meets our faith with his faithfulness. It's the kind of God he is. He always meets our faith with his faithfulness. So to wrap this up, I'm gonna invite our worship team to come back on stage. And as they're getting settled in, I want us to have a little prayer time. And what, um, what I wanna do is I wanna offer you Rebecca's statement as your prayer. Yes, I will go. That's, and you know, you're, you're here and some of you in this room, maybe, maybe you've been wrestling with something for a while that God's been saying, hey, I got this for you. And it's outside your comfort zone and you've, you've not said yes to it yet. So if, if that's you, then this is, this is your chance to say yes. Yes, I will go. Maybe you don't know what you're saying yes to. You don't know if there's an opportunity there. You don't, but remember, we're not saying yes to an opportunity. We're saying yes to the Lord. So on the one hand, this is a very dangerous prayer. This moment that we're having here, this worship moment, is, this is a very dangerous moment because you're just saying yes. But on the other hand, you're saying yes to your good heavenly father. And you're saying yes to your savior who loves you. You're saying yes to this faithful God. And so this, this little prayer time here is just, this is yes, I will go. So will you guys please bow your head and close your eyes with me. So church, as you're praying, Jesus is worthy of your yes. He is, he's worthy of your yes and he will be trustworthy with it. So Jesus, our answer to you is yes. Church, this is your moment to tell him, yes, I will go. Yes, I want to go.
All right, can I pray first for you guys bow with me? We do, Lord God, we trust you. With all that we are, all that we have, into all that you have called us. I pray for us, we'd be yes people. That before, just we'd be yes people. Before you ever ask, before you ever call, we're yes. And as you're, as you're calling, we're yes. And would you use us, our yes, to stir other people to that yes to you, Jesus, that leads to life. Thank you for, for loving us. Thank you for giving yourself for us. Thank you for your yes to the cross, to the grave. It leads to a yes to us and yes for eternal life. So we honor you, thank you. Thanks for this time together. Jesus, we love you, so we pray these things in your name, amen. Great to be in worship with you guys. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of it online. Love you guys. Have a great week. See you next weekend.